Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs and the small dogs who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. Welcome to another episode of My Favorite Things, and I'm going to talk about a few of my favorite things. What does it mean to be a favorite? Well, it means I'm super excited about recommending it. It might mean something I was excited about just this past week or something I've been doing research on. So without further ado, let's get started. I saw a movie. I had never heard of this movie. Someone recommended it to me. It's a movie from 1989. It's called Lean on Me. It's like a young Morgan Freeman, and I love this movie. I would highly recommend it. By the way, I knew of the song Lean On Me, and this was a movie named Lean On Me. I had never even heard of the movie, but Lean On Me, I would highly recommend the guy who sang Lean On Me, which is Bill Withers, most incredible singer. He sang some of my favorite songs uh, like uh, Grandma's Hands, and um, Hope She'll Be Happier. They're very sad songs. Like you almost want to cry when you listen to them, but he's just got this beautiful voice. And sometimes I stand in front of a mirror and try to imitate his voice. He's got a very like smooth kind of voice. But what I really admire about Bill Withers is he was disgusted with his record label. I think it was Columbia Records. And they kept, as he became more and more famous, they kept trying to control the the music he wanted he he should do like they thought he would be oh do be more you'll be more popular if you do x y or z and he meanwhile he's saying to them you just release an album by mr t an actor and you're not releasing the album i want to do and i'm a professional at this with a bunch of grammys and i've sold millions of records so he quit the record label and i don't think he ever really performed again like he did a little bit here and there but he basically left the the musical business. Also, he wasn't like some young kid when he broke out. He was 32 years old when his first song came out. So not that that's old, but shows that you don't have to be like 19 years old and beautiful to have a, a great career in the music business. So I really admire this guy. I listen to all his songs, Bill Withers. But the movie Lean On Me with Morgan Freeman, I think it's the best acting I've ever seen him do. And he basically plays 
uh, it's based on a true story of a rundown high school in Patterson, New Jersey, right near where uh, I grew up, actually. And he becomes the principal, and you have to you have to see the movie. I'm not giving anything away, but great movie. I just saw it this week. Uh, Jay, first, did you see any movies this week? Oh yeah, last week, uh, this weekend actually, I saw this movie called Argyle. Have you heard of it? Argyle. I've heard of Argo, but not Argyle. Argyle. So Argyle's like kind of like a sweater pattern <laughs> for wasps. Uh, yes, right. I think, but the movie is basically it's like a it's like a spy plus novel plus uh, comedy. Like it's a lighthearted uh, spy. Have you heard of The Kingsman? The movie? Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. by the same, I would, I would say the same, almost the same production team. I think the same editor, same producer, same director, sort of in the same wow. sort of. It's got an all star cast. It's I got know. Samuel L. Jackson, exactly. Sam Rockwell, Brian Cranston, Henry Cavill. Dua Lipa, who I don't know, I don't know who that is, but I've heard the name a lot. She's a singer. And John Cena is a professional wrestler. He's in it. Yep. Wow, that's crazy. And also, when's the last time you've seen? When's the last time there is a lighthearted spy movie like John, like James Bond? Get like more in, more and more intense, right? Like you know, it used to be like fun sort of spy movie that people can watch, but now. Like the last one with Daniel Craig is like so intense and stuff like that. So this is like lighthearted, like comedy a little bit. All right. Well, because I outsource all of my critical thinking to the internet, I'm going to use Google to uh, search spy comedy films. You ever think about that? Like every new technology that's developed, and I'm not being anti-technology. Uh, I think technology is great and it, it improves my life almost every new thing that comes along. But basically... With GPS, we outsource our ability to find things. With calculators, we outsource our math ability. With Google, we've outsourced our memory. And now with AI, we're starting to outsource our critical thinking. So, okay, so best 15 best sky comedy films ranked. And you have The Man Who Knew Too Little with Bill Murray. I've never even heard of that I've never movie. heard of that. Uh, Get Smart. With, oh, yeah. Uh, Steve Carell. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to see it because I like the TV series from the '60s. But it was uh, great. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh uh, yes, that was fun too. Uh, Austin Powers, of course. All oh right, wait, let's hold see. up. I'm just, just scroll to number one. Is Austin Powers considered a spy movie though? I, I I think it's not. But oh, and look, guess what? Number one is guess Agal. No, Kingsman. Kingsman, dude. Have dude, you got to watch Kingsman. Kingsman is such a fun movie. So like. You, All right. you don't have too much substance it. in it, but like, like it's a, like a family uh, fun movie. Just watch it with your family, with your kids, with Robin. It's it's so much fun. You have to watch Kingsman one, and then Kingsman two, and then you know the prequel to Kingsman. They have like a whole universe they're building it upon on it. Okay, so my recommendation on movies was was a serious, well acted, <laughs> well written movie based on a true story. Lean on me, starring Morgan Freeman, one of Morgan Freeman's first, I think. And yours is lighthearted yes. spy comedy, which who knows? I'm not judging, and I will see it. I will watch it. My other uh, pick for the movies, though, and this was the one I saw about a month ago, was Roman J. Israel. Oh, uh, That's the name of the movie, starring Denzel Washington, a lesser-known Denzel Washington movie. First off, I think Denzel Washington might be my favorite actor uh, I've been going through a phase where I'm basically just watching one by one every single Denzel Washington movie. And like, I love American Gangster. I love 
I just love how every movie's in. And uh, The Equalizer, have to recommend those. Since we talked about Ip Man last week, yeah. The Equalizer movies are are incredible. Just as good as Ip Man, I think. Well, it depends. If you're, if you're super into kung fu movies, then Ip Man over Equalizer. But Roman J. Israel, he plays kind of this almost nerdy, on-the-spectrum sort of civil rights lawyer, defense lawyer, doesn't really know how to communicate with people. And... He, he's, he he just makes $500 a week as a lawyer. And then suddenly his boss, who was always kind of like shielding him from the real world, dies and he can't get a job. He doesn't know what to do. And it's really interesting what happens. A little, again, a little older movie. Denzel Washington, though, one of his best, I think. Roman J. Israel. Did you ever listen, Jay, did you ever listen to the podcast? Uh, it was called, it had a great name. It's called... Uh, Denzel Washington is the greatest actor yeah. ever. Period. I, I heard about it, but uh, because we talk about it all the time, but uh, I never watch it. Because I, I love the name of it. I love the fact that they write that the word the word period is part of the title. It's great, right? Uh, so, and then I saw a TV series this past week. Like we, Robin and I binge watched for three straight days this TV series. Uh, my daughter Molly recommended it to me. And it's called Pen One Five, P E N One Five. We watched it, I think, on Amazon, but it's it was produced by Hulu, so I don't quite understand it. But Pen One Five, and it's 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 worth seeing. It's 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 basically it reminds me of the TV series Freaks and Geeks, which was oh. one of Judd Apatow's first ever uh, shows slash movies. And Freaks and Geeks, I should add, is almost a historical sitcom to watch it only lasted for one season and then nbc canceled it but it's the first judd apatow wanted to hire all new actors and so here are some of the new actors he hired for freaks and geeks james franco had never acted before mm -hmm. seth rogan jason siegel and martin Starr, who's in silicon valley uh Lin linda cardellini who was is in a ton of stuff you'll recognize her once you see it but it's interesting that seth rogan and james franco this is their first appearance on acting on any show or movie but anyway pen 15 is a little like freaks and geeks it's basically about two 13 year old girls surviving seventh grade and that if that sounds like awful to you believe me it's not awful like at first why would i watch that but a my daughter recommended it she has good taste but c i saw that the lonely island guys were producing it. So Lonely Island is Andy Samberg yeah. and and his friends. You might remember them from uh, the, the 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 very first song to ever go viral on YouTube. The first song to have over 100 million views on YouTube was a funny song by Andy Samberg called um, uh, Lazy that? Sunday. Mm -hmm. It was him and uh, Chris Darnell, something like that. And, uh, and then, of course, he's on Brooklyn 99. Yep. He's done a bunch of movies. He was on Saturday Night Live. Super funny guy. But Lazy Sunday was great. But anyway, I didn't even know he was producing shows. So he produces the show, Pen15. And the, the two women who write it, it's about their experiences as 13-year-olds. And they play themselves. They're two women who are 38 years old. And they play themselves as 13-year-olds. Um, and you really believe they're 13 years old. It's kind of funny because you, you, it's not until like halfway through that I sort of realized, oh, they're... They're not 13 years old. And uh, one of them, Maya 
Erskine, she's now starring in the TV series Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So, yep. I mean, and they, they won a bunch of Emmys for Pen15. It was just on tw- in 2023, just last year. But it was really great. There's two seasons. They, they It wasn't canceled. They specifically planned on it being two seasons. And it's really worth watching. It's 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 funny in this kind of almost cringy way sometimes because 13-year-old seventh graders are often cringy. And it really reminded me of not only of my own experiences at that age, but then I thought about my my daughters when they were that age. And and uh, it's a very sweet show. That's so, cool. And, and funny. That's yeah. cool. I started watching and, Atlanta. Oh my God. That is the best show ever. It's a sitcom starring... Um, Childish Gambino. I always forget if he's Danny Glover or Donald Glover. I think Donald Glover. Oh, by the way, he's the Mr. Smith yep. and Mrs. Smith. And Maya Erskine is Mrs. Smith. So that's funny. So the two shows we're watching are both somehow connected to a TV show we didn't watch, which is Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I guess now we're going to have to watch that. Yeah. But I would say Atlanta is probably the most creative sitcom ever made. And it has a lot of great competition for that, including Curb Your Enthusiasm, Dave, Freaks and Geeks, Arrested Development, Larry Sanders Show, and some other classics. Atlanta is 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 really just a great story, but great experiments that don't disrupt the story. Really funny, well acted. Donald Glover is just amazing in it, and it's just an all around good show. And just by coincidence, I live near Atlanta. Yeah, so, but isn't and so it, so do but, you? But Atlanta, it's a little bit more greedy compared to all the other shows that you just mentioned, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, it's... Well, people will see... Yeah, we'll they have see to it watch when, it. When they see why. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, all right, so Atlanta, Pen15, Lean On Me, maybe Argyle, I'm not convinced. Do so you have to watch it, Argyle? I, I will watch it. I will watch but it. I have and to, then... So I have to say, I also watched uh, Spirited Away as well this past weekend. You know, Spirited Away, so, okay, that's an animation. What's it, Studio? Ghibli? How do you say it? Ghibli? Yeah, Ghibli. Yeah. G-H-I-B-L-I, something like that. Yeah. And it's probably the best animated movie I've ever seen. I, but again, I saw it around 20 years ago. Is that possible? Did it come it out is. more than 20 it years ago? Came out in 20, uh, it came out in 2001 or 2000. Yeah, I used to watch that. All I've probably watched that 10 times. It's It's really... The animation is just great. I don't know if they do animation like that anymore. No. What's the most recent movie by that studio? Uh, the Boy and the Heron. Boy and uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, the how how do you how do you pronounce H E R O N? Uh, I think Heron. Yeah. Yeah, The Boy and the Heron. It just came out. Um, people loved it. It's ninety-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's by Studio. You, you can't. It's almost impossible to hate that movie. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh yeah, yeah. It's impossible to hate that studio. The studio is is good, and also like this type of movie, it's just heartwarming, and it always takes me off the reality. Like sometimes when I watch movie, I want I don't want to watch something too real, too close to the reality. You know. Yeah, like you know, it's interesting. Most movies are very visual, and then you get a feeling. For based on the acting and the writing, it it creates the emotions inside you, the emotions inside you while you're watching it. But Studio Ghibli, just the way it's animated, also creates this emotion that's really kind of, to use Robert Greene's word, sublime. Like it's yeah. a very sublime kind of movie.
Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life so much better. Like I used to live in Airbnbs. I I lived in over a hundred or 200 different Airbnbs over a three year period. And I loved it. I love, I became a really good guest of Airbnbs and I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I, of course, the first thing I thought was I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests and having my own Airbnb or or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love, you know, turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's going to be an Airbnb while I'm away and I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three-story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who are just letting their house sit empty, who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Daylight savings time is starting up again. Okay, podcast is over. That's all you needed to know. But why do we have uh, daylight savings time? Answer, to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting your clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day that initial, when we initially start daylight savings. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. This is such a brilliant idea for a business, and ZipRecruiter did it. So ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. I've used ZipRecruiter particularly as a potential employee, and I still to this day get messages every day. James Aldacher, would you like to apply to be VP of entertainment at NBC or whatever. So there's just nonstop emails. Like I got five or six emails today because of because a year ago I signed up for ZipRecruiter. So spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. There's something else I did completely different this week, which is I wanted to research, again, for, for my kids, I wanted to research websites. I always tell my kids, oh, why don't you try making money online? 
but I never have really evidence to back it up. So I wanted to research some websites where they could potentially make some money. I found what I expected to find, which is that, so on Instagram, there's all these accounts that go to these websites and you can make $5,000 a week. So a lot of those websites that those accounts refer to are just BS or they're scams or you don't really make, you might make a dollar a week, but not $5,000 a week. But there's, there's two that I think you might have a chance. One is Audible. So you go to acx.com, which is Audible's kind of backend website. You make an account, you click on the button that says find projects. So that means projects are books that have been written where the author doesn't want to read the audiobook. Why wouldn't the author want to read the audiobook? It is really un unpleasant to read an audiobook. Like I always I can't I can't schedule anything before or at when I I've read every one of my audiobooks and I can never schedule anything before several days before or several days after because I got to rest my throat before and then my throat is just shot afterwards and it's about 2 days to read an audiobook uh, you know, let's say it's around 60 or 70,000 words and my throat's hurting so much afterwards, but that's why authors, that, that creates an opportunity. So you could make, you honestly could like a romance novel that would take you about two or three days to read. You could probably get paid four or $5,000 in a few days reading an audio, reading a romance novel, for instance. And there's hundreds and hundreds of projects at any given point where you get get paid anywhere from $100 to like $5,000 to read that book. So that is a site where you could potentially make money from home or in a studio or whatever and and make your own hours and so on. Another one a site that I found textbroker, t e x t broker.com and it's a site for writing reviews. So let's see, it's like you could write actually you could write basic articles, in-depth articles. It's kind of like a marketplace where people who need content pay people who write content. So it's not just reviews. I, I take that back. It's, it's articles. It's also, it's all sorts of things. So I should have, I should have had some examples, but I have to fill out like a whole questionnaire, uh, to apply and, and so on. But apparently I've, I've Googled around. Apparently you can make some pretty good money per week on text broker and there's always stuff to do. So I've actually hired someone once to write a book for me, not a book that I am proud of. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to do an experiment as I always do. And I wanted to see what would happen if I completely plagiarized 50 shades of gray, except I used, except I used an, um, a synonym for every word. So instead of saying, you know, um, the, the, oh, I, I had a test at school. I would say I was taking an exam at my high school or whatever. So I would, I, I wanted to, I wanted to, so nobody would actually see any words that were in 50 shades of gray, but it would be the exact same book word for word, except every word was a synonym from the original 50 shades of gray. And you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I can't even remember what I called it. Cause it's on Amazon. Then I self published. So I paid some guy like $500 and, uh, he did this work in about a week. I don't know how he did it so fast. Probably used some premature AI thing. Jay, do you remember what I, I called? Do you even know this, that I did this? Uh, yeah. 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 I, I, I designed the cover. It's something worth the, Oh, you designed the cover. Okay. Well, yeah. let's, I can't remember. What's the book called? I can't remember what it's the book called, but uh, you use a fake name, uh, Jackie something, Jackie Ling or something. 
Oh, yeah. No, I used something that was the initials for J.K. Rowling. Yeah. So John Kenneth Rowling, maybe? No, no, or... no. It was Jackie King something. So, Jay, Jay, thank you for finding the book. I was just disconnected from the podcast, and that allowed you time to find the book. So the name of the book is How to Satisfy a Billionaire by Jackie King. And I just want to read the first sentence. I frown with dissatisfaction at myself in the mirror. Damn my hair. It simply won't work out the way I want. And damn Cindy Woodworth for being sick and subjecting me to this experience. I ought to be concentrating on my last, most decisive tests, which are one week from now. Yet here I am attempting to brush my hair into the style I want. So let me see, what's the first sentence of Fifty Shades of Grey? Because it should be the exact same, but with different words. Well, also I'm curious, like what's the FK score of this one that you did? Oh, that is a good question. So the FK score, the Fisher-Kincaid score is... A, a Fisher Kincaid calculator will take the whole text of your book or or article or story or whatever, and will tell you the Fisher Kincaid score of it, which will tell you the the grade level that you're writing at. And people think, oh, the better the book, the higher the grade level. That's not true. If you write a book or an article or a blog post or whatever that's at like a tenth grade level or an eleventh grade level, that is a horrible, horrible book. Ernest Hemingway's book, Old Man in the Sea, which actually is literally one foot away from me. It's right in front of me. Old Man in the Sea, one of the best books ever written and probably caused him to win the Nobel Prize in 1952, I think, it is written at, I believe, a fifth grade level. So whenever I write, and particularly whenever I write a book, I am constantly checking the Fisher-Kincaid score to see I am no higher than a sixth grade level. But I'll check the FK score in a second of my classic book that someone else wrote. Okay. But first, I want well, to see... I want to see the first sentence of uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, uh, let's see if I can find it. All right. While you're finding it, can I can I can I read you something that's really good? So we got five. You get a five five star review on Amazon for the you're book. kidding. Yes. So this uh, <laughs> this person, I'm pretty sure it's like a bot, but uh, this person named Aristotle Case, and the five star review. One of the best books I've ever read. And it says, <laughs> an incredibly gripping, original, and sexy story told from the perspective of a girl plagued by, uh, with the monotony, uh, monotony of everyday life. When a chance opportunity allows her to step outside of the mold, Brenda dares where lesser women might cover. Another brilliant work by Jackie King, story of a shy girl, <laughs> proves that provoca provocative Fiction is still alive and well. And two there you go. Two people found that helpful. There you go. Well, okay. So so again, uh, the the first sentence: I frown with dissatisfaction at myself in the mirror. Is is from uh, uh, How to Satisfy a Billionaire. And the first sentence of Fifty Shades of Grey is: I scowl with frustration at myself in the mirror. Okay, he left mirror, but I don't know. Maybe there's no synonyms for mirror. mirror. I scowl with frustration of myself in the mirror. And, and this again, this is the second sentence of Fifty Shades of Grey. Damn my hair. It just won't behave. And damn Catherine Kavanaugh for being ill and subjecting me to this ordeal. I should be studying for my final exams. Whereas in the classic book, How to Satisfy a Billionaire, the, set, the second sentence was, 
damn my hair. Okay, you left that. It simply won't work out the way I want. And damn Cindy Woodworth for being sick and subjecting me to this experience. I ought to be concentrating on my last and most decisive tests. So anyway, you could, and I don't recommend that book. I would give it one star. It was an experiment. And guess what? It hardly sold any copies at all. How many reviews does it have, Jay? Six reviews. All right, well. But like, but that's, that's but more some, reviews than some of my books. Some of I think it's one review, but six ratings. So people can rate, right? They don't oh, have to be yeah, they can on, rate. On yeah, good, good books or whatever. No, no, on Amazon. You know, you know why I, th- I was thinking I was J.K. Rowling. There's another book I once wrote. Uh, I wrote. I wanted to see. I did another experiment a few years earlier than this. Uh, I wanted to see if I could write a book, write and publish a novel in a weekend. And I'm not going to bother finding this book, but I wrote a, I wrote the autobiography of Prince William's son. So it was called, all right, now I got to find it. The autobiography. And it was, a, it was, the idea is it's, it was an autobiography, but it was only three days old. Uh, <laughs> it's so, it's so underappreciated this book that Amazon's not even filling in the blanks. Okay. The autobiography of Prince George Alexander Lewis Windsor, because that's his full name, Prince William's son. And uh, it got 15 ratings. It has 2.9 stars. And it's only 31 pages, which just, I wanted to show too. You could just write, I call it a novel or an autobiography, whatever. I have the Kindle edition. And I did it in a weekend. I published it July 31st, 2013, just two months after I published Choose Yourself. And the top review is a one-star review by G. Kenny Burroughs. I wonder why, what is the G is? I guess George. It's one star. It's titled, the review is titled Rubbish. Suggestions in this book are crude and ludicrous. I would not recommend it to anyone, though, anyone even though it was a freebie. Uh, it's, that guy must be uh, British. Yeah. And then, but another one is, okay, this is three stars by Marianne Anderson. Not bad for a three-day-old baby. Because of course it's it's, I think he's typing it out to his butler, who is John Kenneth. John Kenneth Rowling wrote the forward and like his his valet or whatever. So, and another here's a five star interesting concept. So anyway, these are not recommendations. Although actually this one was the kind of good. I I had a fun time writing that one. But let's move on to the, my really my favorite things. The, how to Satisfy a Billionaire and this autobiography are not among my favorite things. I just want to make that clear. Looking for a rewarding, life-changing opportunity that enhances the lives of children in your community? Well, with almost 50 years of experience, Huntington Learning Center is the nation's leading K-12 tutoring and test prep franchise dedicated to shaping brighter futures for both students and franchisees. Huntington is the top revenue-producing supplemental education franchise in the U.S., and their proven system is the key to success for you and your students. The Huntington Advantage includes low startup cost, turnkey systems, dedicated support teams, national and local marketing support, and multiple revenue streams to help you build a life-enriching and profitable business. 
No education experience needed. In today's environment, the need for tutoring has never been greater. When you become part of Huntington Learning Center, you're filling an urgent need in the growing $5 billion supplemental education industry. To learn more, visit HuntingtonFranchise.com. Make a meaningful difference, pursue your dreams of business ownership, and be a positive force in your community. Don't wait. Visit HuntingtonFranchise.com today. Hey, listen, men's health is important. Men act all cocky and like they don't need anything. But the reality is, as you get older, there's some things you need. And it often feels like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. Like I'd rather do anything than go to the doctor or the dentist or the pharmacy or whatever. But now you don't have to waste your time if you use HIMS. HIMS, H-I-M-S, HIMS is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100% online, so you get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Jay, you listening to all this? Yes, I'm definitely going to use HIMS from now Not on. Not that you need it. You're, you're young and healthy. James, I'm 35. You, you're getting there. You might, you might need it. Who knows? But if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. You can manage your plan on the HIMSS app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com slash James. Could you imagine that there's a whole section just with my name on it? HIMSS.com slash James. That's how, I, how much I am representative of the kind of person who needs hymns. That's HIMS.com slash James for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash James. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See Hymns.com slash James for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. I wanted to recommend this one book that has been a favorite of mine for a long time, actually. And I, I probably reread this about once a year, which is How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World by Harry oh. Brown. Now, Harry Brown is an interesting character. He was like a libertarian, I guess. He was the libertarian candidate for president at one point, I think in 2000. And I don't care about his political beliefs at all, but it was just, he talks about freedom in every possible way. Not, it's not a political book. It's like a, it's almost a self-help book, but not quite. But he talks about these things called boxes. And a box is any situation that restrains your freedom. So for instance, uh, a bad job. If you, if you think you're obligated to stay at your job, that's like, and you hate it, that's a box. Like Jay is in a box right now being the podcast producer here. Exactly. Or if you're if you're stuck in a bad marriage or if you don't enjoy like the college you're at or the relationship you're in or some social obligation you have to go to, these are all types of boxes. And his point is is that you're paying a price to stay in that box. So for instance, if you don't like your job, the price you're paying is that you could potentially be in another job. And so 
his whole point is, is that every situation that restrains your freedom, there is a price you're paying to stay in that situation. And there's a price you can pay to get out of that situation. And so he, he suggests, and I'll, I'll just read this real quickly. If there's a box in your life, big or little, let me suggest a simple method of putting it in focus. Take a few minutes away from everything else. Find a comfortable chair in a quiet room where you can consider the problem without interruption. First, identify the box. And even though this is sort of obvious, um, this is me talking about, even though this is sort of obvious, a lot of people don't do this. I don't often do this. What is it that's causing you the discomfort? For example, suppose you've lied to someone and now find it difficult to maintain the lie. You're no longer able to express yourself freely for fear of saying something that would contradict the lie. Or perhaps your weekends are continually interrupted by relatives who drop in and monopolize your only free time. Or maybe you've made a con commitment to contribute money to a particular cause, but now you wish you were free to spend the money elsewhere. Whatever it is, identify the discomfort the box causes. Next, think of what you would do if you weren't in the box. At first, the only advantage you could think of might be the absence of the discomfort. But in some way, the box is preventing you from doing something you'd prefer to do. And if it were removed, you'd be free to take advantage of desirable alternatives. Imagine the box gone, and then imagine what you do once you are free of it. Blah, blah, blah. The next step is to identify the price it would take to get out of the box. As I said earlier, it may not have even occur to you that there is a price that would get you out, but there is always a way out. If you were to walk out of the box right now, what would it cost you? What would happen that you've been dreading? The price could be fearful or it could be trivial, but there is a price that could get you out of the situation. If you've lied to someone, you may have to admit that you lied to get out of the box. If so, the price might be the shame of admitting the lie or the loss of the person's friendship or the time involved to reestablish a reputation for honesty or possibly all of those things. The price might be a con confrontation with someone, such as telling your spouse you don't want to remain married, telling your boss you want a better arrangement if you're going to continue to work for him, or breaking off a relationship with a friend or relative who brings you only grief. Identify what you have to do in order to end your present discomfort. Then picture yourself paying that price. It may be painful just to think about it, but try. And his point is, as you go through these mental exercises, it'll get less and less painful to imagine yourself paying that price and at the end, you'll have identified three, three elements of the box. What you're paying by remaining where you are. Two, what it would cost to get out. And three, what you could do once you're out. And then he just, he talks about different traps, different boxes. What does it mean to be a quote unquote expert? There's titles like, uh, let me see, go to the table of contents. The group trap, the government trap, the despair trap, the rights trap, the utopia trap why you are not free, identity traps. Anyway, I highly recommend as a book to improve your life, whether you follow the ideas in it or not. I don't always follow every idea in this book, but it's just a, a very fresh, enlightening way of thinking. And I highly recommend it, How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World. Uh, another yeah, book. I just, oh, go ahead. I just bought Jay. the book. I just bought the book. I was that convincing. I'm glad. Yeah, it's very convincing. Yeah. So it's it's really good. It's been an inspiration to me over the years or decades. And just also I'll say I read a pretty good novel this past week, How to Stop Time by Matt Haig. And it's about a guy who has an unusual illness, which is that he he ages at a rate of about 15 to 1 compared with everyone else. So he only looks one year older 
every 15 years. And so he's about 400 years when the, when the book's written. And I mean, the main character is, is about 400 years old when the book starts. And it's a very enlightening novel. Matt Haig, H-A-I-G, is a very good novelist. And I, I love this book. Uh, Jay, you read any good books this week? Uh, I, I'm reading I'm reading it very slowly, but uh, I'm trying to finish uh, Clear Thinking by, uh, by our friend Shane Parrish. Shane Parrish. Oh, yeah. Parrish? Shane was a great guy. Great podcast. Yeah. A great it book. Came, came on. But uh, I do have one thing that uh, that one top my favorite topic to talk with my friends, and I don't know how I feel about it. Do you remember you you did an episode with Merrick, your good friend, about numbers? Everyone has a number in life, right? a number like a financial number where they would they feel comfortable they would retire. Yeah, so I spoke to my you know uh, a couple friends, a, a couple of my friends. I'm like, okay, uh, what's your numbers? Like, what 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 would you want to make uh, a year? They're like, I don't know. And then I'm like, oh, I, ideally, if I could, I would maybe want to make about five to $10 million. And then they're all like, isn't that too much? Do you really need five to $10 million? I'm like, I might not need it, but it's good to have it. It's good to, you know, dream for the moonshot. Well, what, and, what number did they think? Why did they think that? Let, let's just take five million. Let's take the lower boundary. Why yeah. did they think that five million was not enough? No, or, no, or, or, yeah, like or, or it was too, too much. much. What, what did they think was the right number? So one of my friends making about like 60, 70. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like, they're like, well, I'm pretty comfortable where I am right now. Uh, if I make anything more, I would just donate to the charity. Um, and okay, so some of them so, like she makes she makes sixty thousand dollars, and she yes. and that's and that's what she said. But does she? she I would say like kids. 70, 80. No kids, no kids. But okay, like, well, I'm just the problem like is guessing. kids. Kids add significantly, but okay. Let's just take let's just say eighty thousand a year is what she makes. So after taxes, uh, well, okay, let's just say eighty thousand. So right now in a checking account, what does your bank give you if you put money in a checking account? I think it's uh, 0.2, 0.34% or so. Like it's very very low. Uh, well, okay. Uh, I don't. I know could what be wrong though. So. Let me see. I'm just going to type Wells Fargo savings account. I'm outsourcing yeah. my thinking again, my memory exactly. to Google. Yeah. And then I was talking with a friend of mine, which is your enemy, because he works for IRS. Oh, you have a friend in the IRS? Exactly. You uh, didn't tell so me he, that. I, I was about right, to like shut surprise the podcast, you. To, like... Shut the podcast down. <laughs> no, I'm just, no I'm just I was about to introduce you in person because he's very fascinating. He works for IRS, but on the estate department. So he will handle like people die and then he will handle all the, like how much. We should have him on the podcast if he's allowed to talk about it. Uh, but, I think he's allowed to, if you want to, I can hook it up. Well, just ask him. I know he's okay. probably not allowed as my, um, so. I think so, he's allowed to. Okay. So let me see. Why? Uh, okay. I've clicked four buttons that say view rates and I still haven't gotten to anything. Now it wants to put in my bank, zip code. That's how bank gets you. They're like, oh, we have higher rate, but uh, you have to click five buttons to get to the actual rate. But trust us, we will give you the best rate. Okay, so a million dollars or more in a platinum savings account is two and a half percent. Oh, but a seven-month CD, fixed rate CD, which seven months is not that long, that's about uh, 5%. So, okay, let's say she could get 5% on her money, your friend. 
and she needs to make 80,000 a year. So she needs to have one point, uh, wait, no, no, what's five, what's, she needs to have $4 million. That's her number. Yeah. She needs to, actually, she needs to have a little bit more because there's inflation. So assuming like three or 4% inflation, she probably, she, to make 80,000 a year, uh, you probably need to have like five, six, seven million dollars in the bank. Right. But that's, that's the, but that's pre-tax, right? Like if, she, if she's making 80K right now, like, yeah, you I'm, know. but, but the savings account also is, is pre-tax. You pay taxes right. on your, um, uh, so, uh, so she's got to have about minimum. Oh wait, am I doing this wrong? I think I'm doing this wrong. Sorry. That's way too much, like four million dollars for 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 eighty. Yeah, no, no, no. She, uh, you're right. She needs like between two. She needs like between two and three million. Yeah, to, to like make eighty thousand uh, a year. Yeah, but like, uh, but she, but you know, we're just talking about like how much you want to make a year, salary or whatever. But, but that's uh, it's related and, to the number, though, right? Because yeah, unless you're gonna unless you're gonna just spend all the money, but you you can't do that because you might live longer than you know. So you exactly. have to live off the interest. You can't dip into the money if you're not going to do anything else for money. So she, she probably needs, well, to make 80,000 a year right now, she would need mi minimum 1.6 million if she's going to put it in these fixed rate CDs. Probably need a little bit more because you're going to, you need to have money that's not necessarily in CDs. So she probably needs like two and a half million right now, but then taking into account inflation. So inflation, the value of, of, your dollar is cut in half roughly every um, two years. No, thirty years. Thirty years. Thirty years. Yeah, yeah because it's eight percent, right? No, inflation right now. I mean, inflation. The target rate of inflation is between two and three percent. Let's just, like right now, inflation's gotcha. at three percent. Three percent. The way you figure it out. The way you figure out how much uh, prices, how long it takes something to double in price, is you take the percentages increasing and divide that divide 71 by that number and it's about 20 you know 23 years for the value of everything to get cut in half if inflation's at three percent so assuming she's gonna at least live another 30 years she kind of needs roughly double the two two million you know so she probably needs yeah she probably needs about four million is her number wait as in like every year or like just in general no, she probably she probably needs okay. She, I don't I don't know how to do the exact math. She probably needs between three and four million if she's gonna quit her job, live off the interest, and live for the rest com comfortably for the rest gotcha, of her life. Gotcha. And by the way, not increase at all her spending. So this assumes no kids, stuff like that. So that's why right. you could add a little bit, like okay, a kid's college education cost two hundred thousand dollars if she, if she's gonna send her kid to Harvard or whatever and uh, uh, so she's gonna need to have that much extra on top of the three million and and again she's the the money has to be big enough so that she can handle the inflation she probably needs to buy a house now to avoid inflation and rent like you could avoid a lot some inflation by buying things now that are gonna last you forever and then she can't ever move out of that house or if she does it's the house has to go up by inflation. So her number probably is between three and 4 million. So your 5 million is not that far off. Yeah. Like how, well, like, how else does she uh, expect to make 80,000 a year? Yeah. But like, uh, I, I'm talking about just making 5 million a year for myself. Like, like Oh, 5 million a year. Are you crazy? What do you need 5 million a year for? What? Well, okay. So, I mean, that's just, 
What I are mean, you gonna okay, buy with five million? Well, well, okay. So let's say let's say if I marry someone that have like some sort of medical conditions, like have to go to a hospital. So does, doesn't she have insurance? Yeah, but how much insurance cover? Okay, well, look, don't don't. <laughs> So, so you need to make five million a year because you're going to be with some quadriplegic who's going to the hospital all the time. Like, is that I, what your plan is? I, I just, I just want, I want, like, like, I want to live comfortably. Like, like, okay, what, like, what you, okay, forget about the the invalid that you're marrying. Like, <laughs> what, what are you, how are you going to spend five million a year? Okay, first of all, buy buy a couple cars, even buy a, a nice e house. Okay, okay, how much is a car? Okay, let's say let's say let's say nice. Okay, I'm not going too crazy. Just like Tesla or whatever. How much Maybe is like Tesla? Fifty k. It's like fifty k, like the, the normal okay. normal one. Okay, like buy, good five ones, of, care. buy five of those cars every year. That's two hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> you're not even getting close to five million. Well, yeah, but like, I, what, you're what not going like, to buy a house every year, and a house is equity. You get equity in a house, so you, you it's not it's not like you lose the money. You could t mortgage the money out of it eventually, but. What else do you want to spend money on? Uh, food, flying food, around, flying around on on what? Are you flying around on like, a, like your like, own like Boeing seven forty seven? Okay, well, look. <laughs> so, how much does a plane cost? Uh, I don't know. How much does the plane? Uh, a plane, 50, uh, like, a, like a a good private plane, like a Boeing, like Taylor Swift's plane, probably costs like one hundred fifty million. But you could just use uh. You know, there's plenty of net, yeah, net jet, whatever jet leasing, like Wheels Up or Surf Air or NetJets right. is the most famous one. There's our old friend Jesse Itzler had marquee jets that he sold to NetJets. So you, yeah. you need a you need a hundred thousand dollars a year, uh, or realistically, you need like three or four hundred thousand a year, and you could you could take like ten vacations on private jets with that. Right. So wait, wait, okay, okay, so you don't you, so need. You, you, I would say even with someone with your extravagant tastes. The max you would need to make per year before taxes is two million, but that's only if you want to fly private everywhere and buy five Teslas and have the, have a twenty thousand square foot, uh, you know, house in a suburb of New York City or something. So, because then your mortgage will be high, but that's even high. But I would say, okay, okay if you really want to live like a billionaire. Meaning, fly private everywhere, have a big house, have the most expensive car. No one could tell. Trust me on this. No one could tell if you're a billionaire or a, a single-digit millionaire if you make two million a year. That is that okay. is more than enough. And probably even making one million a year, you could almost act as if you were a billionaire. There won't be any difference between you and a billionaire in terms of your expenses. Okay, so so two. So you you think two million? It's reasonable and also like not two is it two million in cash or like you know just net two million in cash two million. okay yeah. gotcha. uh, but but that would mean your number is about 40 to 50 million that you'd have to have in the bank to retire now so that's why mm. i'm saying that's the most extravagant you could possibly be most people i think your five to ten million was more accurate uh, okay, so I, so what? How much do you think, like, reasonably, someone's number should be? Like, like you you said, like, so five to ten million, it's it's about right. I think I think if you have between ten and twenty, no one could tell. You could live a life and have a lifestyle where nobody could tell the difference between you and a billionaire. Which means mm -hmm. basically, 
You could do anything you want, except you can't buy expensive art. You can't buy a football team. You can't build a bunker in, in an island you own off of New Zealand to protect against the apocalypse. So you just, but you can, you can fly private everywhere you want and you can uh, uh, have a, the biggest, like your neighbors could be billionaires. You could buy a, a, a big house and live as comfortably as you want. And that's, that's if your number's between 10 and 20 million. If you're satisfied with less than that, though, there's nothing wrong with that. I think yeah. the minimum number is probably uh, 7 million in the bank. And that takes care of any medical situations, colleges for your kids, and you could live off the interest in general. Or, or depending on your investment strategy, you could live off uh, what you make on investments. Okay, so I should strive for 7 million. It's a good number, though. It's, I just strive By the for way, 7 million. This is what this speaks to the importance of really studying investing because the better investor you are, the less you have to have, the, the lower your number is because you can make more on the money you have. Yeah. So not investing in Dogecoin and stuff like that will help. Yeah. Don't invest in Dogecoin. Although who's to say maybe it'll go up, but that's not a good investing strategy to invest in something that has absolutely zero, you know, fundamental value. Right. So, which I did a couple of years ago. So. <laughs> Well, you probably have done well then, because Dogecoin's done well. Uh, but you, it's like it's like what Annie Duke says, though, is that you can make a decision that makes you money, but it's still a bad decision, and vice versa. You can make a good decision that sometimes loses money, but the the decision making process was correct. Gotcha. gotcha. So, anyway, that is this week's my favorite things. Next week, I'll dive a little bit more into, or two weeks from now, I'll dive a little bit more into investing books. And whatever other movie shows, whatever. I find that I'm always, and send me recommendations because I am always looking for good TV shows to watch, movies to watch. Both Pen 15, by the way, if you write out Pen 15, you know what the real name of the show yeah. is. But Pen 15 and Lean on Me were both recommendations I got in the past two weeks, and I, I love them. So thank you to Molly Altucher, who gave me Pen 15, and the woman who cuts my hair, who gave me Lean on Me. So, um, and Jay, thank you so much for producing this podcast. All right. You're my, you're my favorite podcast producer. You're my favorite host. <laughs> Excellent. All right. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.